0: Enoch is a fascinating Bible character shrouded in mystery. Learn why Enoch is the prophet nobody understands and why it's so important for you to understand him in this end time. Next, on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry.
1: Greetings, everyone. The prophet Enoch walked with God, according to Genesis 22 and verse 24, and he was also... uh, one of those men mentioned in Hebrews 11, which is the great faith chapter where it's a hall of fame and a hall of faith for the faithful servants of God. But most believers don't understand the prophet Enoch. They don't understand what he's all about and what his message is all about. And we really do need to understand it because it is for this end time. It's an end time message, and Enoch proclaimed it anciently, but it's dual prophecy, and so it's for our time today. And we need to understand that because each one of us are going to be touched by this prophecy. Now, if you don't understand Jude's prophecy of Enoch, for this end time, then of course you're not going to understand Jude's message and you're not going to understand the message or the prophecy of Enoch himself. And it appears to me that the little book of Jude, which is in the New Testament, just before the book of Revelation, but it seems to me that that is the most urgent message yet that God has given to his people and to his uh, church. It's also uh, certainly, a dire warning to this world, but it's also a fantastically beautiful message about the new civilization that's about to come to this world and be ruled by the second Adam or Jesus Christ. So, I want to talk to you about the prophecy, the end time Enoch prophecy that is written in the book of Jude. I'll just focus on Enoch. Enoch is the prophet that almost nobody understands. That's what we need to look at today. I'll give you one quote here from my booklet on Jude. If you want a copy of that, we'll offer it at the end of this program, and all of our literature is absolutely free. But notice what this booklet says that I have written. It begins by saying, Jude was written about 68 to 69. A.D., just before A.D. 70, destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans. That destruction was only a type of a far greater calamity in this end time. Jude discussed the last time, quote-unquote, verse 18, for good reason. The Greek word for last means extreme, most remote, in reference to time generally that which it concludes everything. So this is a big, big deal, a big prophecy for us today. The booklet goes on to read the Greek word translated time means measure of moments and time of opportunities. Now, as the Apostle John wrote, we are in the last hour, but here Jude refers to moments or a time frame of less than an hour, a time of minutes or moments. And you, as I said, a very little time left but a great opportunity for God's people but that's this is as i said a very urgent message now let's read verse 14 of the book of jude and this is an end time book for those of us today verse 14 there's only one chapter here in jude And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the eternal or the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints. Now, this prophecy here is just not understood by most Bible believers today. Not at all. I have not even found one Bible commentary that understands a seventh from Adam. What does that mean? Now, the misunderstanding is uh, really just deeply permeates this world. They don't understand this prophecy, and it is aimed specifically for this end time and for the last era of God's church, the very last era that leads directly into the second coming of Jesus Christ. So, this is a critical prophet and prophecy. To understand, and it's about a new civilization, and it's about the second Adam, not the first Adam, as many people believe when it mentions that in this booklet. It's about the second Adam, which of course is Jesus Christ. One more short quote here this is from the booklet as well. Jude describes Enoch as being the seventh from Adam. If you study the genealogy, you'll see that he was actually the sixth from Adam. How do we explain this? We have to look at this spiritually. Christ was the last Adam, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. When he came to earth, he made Peter the physical head of the first era of the church. Today, we are living in the seventh era from that second Adam. There is a type of Enoch today, the seventh from Adam, or in the seventh Laodicean era, which is a lukewarm era. Study what the commentaries write about the seventh from Adam. They are confused and cannot explain this verse. I'll just remind you of what this quote is saying that. we have to look to the spiritual Adam or the second Adam, not the first Adam, and count the seven eras, those seven eras that continue in the first century and end in this very end time at the second coming of Jesus Christ. So there's another problem that they don't understand, and that is church eras. Those eras are necessary for us to understand, because then you can understand the seventh from Adam. It all is very clear if you understand the SPIRITUAL focus on this. It is about the second Adam. It's ALL about the second Adam here. And that, of course, is Jesus Christ. In Matthew 16 and verse 18, He said, that is, Christ said he would build his church and it never would die. It never would die. In other words, it would continue right on down to his second coming. So, uh, in that verse, it states how, in that same verse, it states how that the second Adam established Peter to be over that first era, and then there'd be a second and a third, and, a, and so on. And that's all explained here in the book of Jude and in our booklet as well but we have to remember this not this is not talking about the first Adam and there is a lot in the bible about the second Adam he's the one that did succeed the first Adam did not Jesus Christ was perfect so if you want to understand this clearly you can uh read my booklet also on the true history of the true church of God. And and uh also you can read in Revelation 5 and verse 5 that only the Lamb or the uh, of the tribe of Judah can unseal the Bible. Only that second Adam can unseal it. We have to look to him, not to men in any way, but to this, uh, the great second Adam. Now, when you, you look at people and they can obviously study that, uh, that Enoch was prophesying about the, the coming flood of Noah and the end of that world as they knew it, they can know all about that, but they don't understand that Enoch is only a type of another. END of the world, or an END of man's age of ruling man, and there's going to be a new civilization, this one ruled by God Himself. God Himself is going to rule this world, and that's what Enoch's prophecy is all about. It's what Jude is all about as well. You can see that in Ephesians 3 and verse 5 that Christ only reveals His truth to His apostles and His prophets. So you can't look to men to understand this. We have to look to God, who gives this revelation to His apostles and His prophets. All of that explained in my booklet on Jude. But I'll tell you this, if you look at certain Bible study age, you will see that there is a LOT of confusion about the little booklet of Jude, which talks about the prophet Enoch. Let me read to you verse 14 again, And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these sayings, he prophesied because he was a prophet, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousand saints. You can read about that in Deuteronomy 33, verses 1 and 2, where uh, that there are 10,000 saints coming from Mount Paran. That's where the uh, tourist site Petra is, and it's going to be in that area that God is going to protect His people, that 10,000 in the Great Tribulation and the Day of the Lord just before Christ comes to this Earth. They're going to be in that place of safety, so that's a PROMISE from God that If we deliver His message, then He will PROTECT us from the coming catastrophes on this Earth if men don't repent, and we don't see any signs of that at this time for sure. But notice, let me read to you Deuteronomy 33, verses 1 and 2. And this IS the blessing, wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And he said, The Eternal came from Sinai, and rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran, and he came with ten thousand saints. From his right hand went a fiery law for them. So you can read the booklet, and it will explain this to you. Ten thousand saints is what it means, not necessarily a precise number, but at least in that ballpark figure we'll, we'll put it that way, where it says the Lord comes with ten thousand of His saints. It literally reads CAME, CAME with ten thousand saints. Now, if you want to be positive and you want to be filled with vision, you have to think about this the way God does, because God looks at it that way. He, he wants us to have vision, and He looks at this as if it's already been fulfilled, and that Jesus Christ is here RULING this world and this civilization, and it is extremely close. So God wants us to have real vision and real FAITH to BELIEVE what He says and know that it's as good as done! That's a WONDERFUL faith, and a faith that brings you much hope and joy and happiness in your life. Now, you know that God says He reveals His secret to His servants the prophets in Amos 3 and verse 7, but people are confused about this because they don't understand about this second Adam, or Jesus Christ, who DID overcome and DID qualify to replace Satan on his throne. Adam, The first Adam did not. He let Satan overcome him and Eve. That's not going to happen, uh, certainly, or DIDN'T happen with Jesus Christ. Enoch prophesied about the end of Noah's world. That's what he prophesied about in the Old Testament. So today, there has to be a TYPE of Enoch. God uses a man to deliver His message, and He chooses that man, and He chooses what is to be said and what is to be done. It's ALL God's doing! And people must look to God, the second Adam, or they'll ever understand the Bible. That's the very basic lesson that we have here. Notice what it says in Matthew 24 in verse 37. This is what Enoch prophesied about. But as in the days of Noah were so shall also the coming of the son of man be. In other words, as it was in those days it's going to be in the days of the son of man. So really what Enoch was prophesying is just a type of what's going to happen in this end time. One world was destroyed by water, another the end time world is going to be destroyed by fire if they don't repent. And that's a tragic ending, but it's concluded by Jesus Christ himself taking rule over this world and making sure it isn't destroyed. Totally. And all flesh destroyed, if he did not intervene. Verse thirty eight, for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking Marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. See, it's all about Christ coming. And then it goes on to talk about two women in the field grinding. One is taken and one is left behind. God's church is split. God's people are are divided. Ninety-five percent of them have turned away from God. So God is going to take the ten thousand, the one woman. A woman is a symbol of God's church, or a church. One woman's going to be taken to a place of protection, and one is going to be left behind to go through the great tribulation because they were lukewarm and rebelled against God, and they're going to pay a Heavy penalty for that. Then God says, Watch there, watch, and and therefore for you know not what hour your Lord does come. So be careful and watch. Now let's go back to Jude, verses 17 and 18. Here's what it says, But beloved, well, here's where it talks about the last time and that measurement of moments and all of that that I mentioned to you earlier. And then Jude 21 has this to say, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking, or waiting, for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh, or those that are rebelling against God. Just do everything that you can, though. It is God's Family. Do everything you can to save them. God says, Look, if you do a work, if you get this Word out to people, it's going to turn people to God, many people to God. We can have a REAL IMPACT on this world if we'll just realize that. God wants us to understand that and bring people out of the fire. I want to read to you the Revised Standard Version that tells you what is going to happen here in its better translation. Verse 23, save some-see, we can save people for God if He empowers us-save some by snatching them out of the fire, the fiery tribulation and even the Gehenna fire of eternal death in some cases by snatching them out of the fire. On some have mercy with fear, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. In other words, don't get cozy with them. Their garment is spotted, and it'll rub off on you. But go out and deliver this message, and you can snatch people right out of the fire, physically and spiritually. This is a wonderful work that God gives us to proclaim this message, and as the Elijah of the sixth era feared God, feared God mightily, and proclaimed this message and turned MANY people to God, it says. Many people by over a hundred thousand. That's how powerful his message was. Now verses 24 and 25 now unto him that is able to keep you from falling you see we can we can enter into this realizing that this is certainly considered dangerous knowledge in a way because we can fall but god says there is that second adam here and that's what enoch is prophesying about that he will save the world he that that He's going to save us in this end time, and those that get the message out there and are PERSECUTED by this world, He says, I will keep you from falling. It's a promise from God, an absolute, total promise from God. Now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless. See, in other words, you have a right attitude and you're faultless in God's eyes before the presence of His glory, with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. This is joy and, and majesty and dominion and power can be had now and in, in forever. Now and forever. What a blessing! I want to go back with you to Jude 3, and this is from the Revised Standard Version, Beloved, being very eager to write to you of our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Contend for the faith. Well, now, this is not some ethereal, intangible something he's talking about. He's talking about a body of beliefs. See, it's, For the faith was once for all delivered to the saints. There was an Elijah came in that sixth era, and he restored all things. He restored all things once and for all. There's not going to be somebody else that comes and restores all those truths. It's already been done. And God says it's only going to be done once, and you'd better keep it. You have to f- CONTEND for the FAITH or the body of work. We went into court for six years and fought to get the rights to what Herbert W. Armstrong was used to uh, proclaim to this world. And it was a body of beliefs, 19 works, 19 books and booklets and a correspondence course, and we won them and we got them in court and got even more than we asked for originally. We were going to lease them, but God worked it out where we OWN those copyrights now. We own them, and we can proclaim this message and send those books and booklets out to you for absolutely no price at all. What a wonderful body of beliefs it is! This is something very tangible, something that you is spiritual but it's also physical. You can touch those books and booklets. God says there this is part of the way of getting this message out to the world and you can snatch some right out of the fire. What a wonderful work it is to be able to do something like that. What a wonderful opportunity that you can save people physically and spiritually because you're empowered by the Holy Spirit of God and the POWER of God, and they will have a reward that's the greatest reward that's ever offered in the Bible. They'll be able to share David's throne with Jesus Christ for all eternity, that thousand-year millennium and then all eternity beautifying the universe the way God intended it from the beginning. That is, a a beautiful, beautiful goal to have. So when you look at the word contend, it's a military word. It's a military word. It means that there is going to be a battle. There is a devil that rules this world. Corinthians 4 and verse 4. The devil rules this world, and God says, if you're going to have the truth, he hates the truth. There is no truth in him. None. And yet God says to us, well, we have the truth, and we, it just fills our lives, but we have to FIGHT a war to keep it. That's why 95% of God's people have turned away. We have to fight, and we have to win this wonderful battle. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends.
0: Enoch is a fascinating Bible character shrouded in mystery. Learn why Enoch is the prophet nobody understands and why it's so important for you to understand him in this end time. Your Bible is filled with examples of the prophetic principle of duality. This means people and events from thousands of years ago can be replicated in this end time. The ancient prophet Enoch warned the world before mankind was wiped out by water. The end time type of Enoch declares a warning before mankind is decimated by nuclear fire. The first Enoch told the good news of the return of our Savior to rebuild the earth. The end time Enoch delivers the same hopeful message. Request Gerald Flurry's free booklet on Jude to understand the most urgent prophecy yet for this end time. The apostle Jude wrote about Enoch, but he appears to make a mistake when recording Enoch's genealogy. The original Enoch was the sixth from Adam, yet Jude describes an Enoch who is seventh. Study the Jude booklet to understand why this is no mistake at all. It all gets back to the prophetic principle of duality. Just as there is both an ancient and a modern version of Enoch, there are also two Adams, one who failed to follow God and one who succeeded. The truth about Jude's account of Enoch must be viewed spiritually. Discover how Jude's apparent mistake actually unlocks a vision of your majestic future. Also request our free booklet, The Wonderful World Tomorrow, What Will It Be Like? The original Enoch and the end-time type of Enoch deliver an inspiring message about a peaceful, prosperous, perfect future world. Jesus Christ Himself will soon make this vision a reality. Learn how our Savior will solve every world problem, establish a loving world government comprised of spirit beings, and educate all mankind in the only way to lasting happiness. As the world falls apart around us, what vision could be more uplifting and encouraging than this one? All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request our booklets Jude and The Wonderful World Tomorrow, What Will It Be Like? Order now! For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629 For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629 Our literature is available free of charge, at no cost or obligation to you. Request our booklets, Jude and the Wonderful World Tomorrow, What Will It Be Like? Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. If you would prefer to write, send your request to The Key of David, PO Box 3700, Edmond, Oklahoma 73083.